Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. A model restructuring? Lessons from the bailouts of a troubled real estate baron in Henan province. Published in Week in China. Narrated by Jenny McKenzie. You could infer pretty much everything about the dramatic changes that Chinese football and the beleaguered property sector have undergone recently from the Chinese Super League's opener last week, with Henan Songshan Longmen drawing 2-2 with Dalian professionals. Until 2021, the former team was known as Henan Jianye, that is, the same name as the real estate developer which had been its owner since 1994. It was the only Chinese Super League team which had not changed its name, until an order by the Chinese government last year instructed all clubs to drop preferences to sponsors or owners in their names. Dalian Pro was previously known as Dalian Wanda. The property heavyweight of the same name was the pioneer that came up with the winning strategy of investing aggressively in a football club in return for brand awareness and influence. Both teams have a strong fan base, but many supporters have been disenchanted, not only by the name changes, but also by the recent takeovers of their clubs by state-owned entities, SOEs, in their respective home provinces. Indeed, SOEs have become an increasingly influential force within the CSL. About half of the 16 teams are still backed by property developers, but most of them have been struggling financially. This is not only a concern for football fans. Off the field, investors are now also wondering if the CSL's gradual nationalisation is set to spill over into the stock market and bring changes in control at some of the biggest listed property firms. What happened at Henan Jianye FC? If you ask diehard supporters of Manchester United, many of whom still protest at the takeover of one of Britain's most famous clubs by American billionaire Malcolm Glazer in 2005, you'll know a new team owner is not always welcomed by fans. After the China Football Association announced a directive in late 2020 to regionalise and decommercialise professional football clubs, Henan Jianye introduced two SOEs controlled by the local government of Zhengzhou, the capital city of Henan, and Luoyang, one of China's ancient capitals. The latter company also operates the tourist facilities at the popular attraction the Longmen Caves. Yet, when the club proposed to change its name to Luoyang Longmen, in Chinese, Longmen sounds exactly the same as the word for goal. Most fans were unhappy. Many of them protested outside the team's home stadium. Some wrote complaint letters to the CFA, arguing that as the oldest CSL brand, the 26-year-old club was the closest thing to the CFA's goal of building professional and international clubs that could last 100 years. Unlike Dalian Wanda and Guangzhou Evergrande, Henan Jianye has never won a CSL title. Neither was it a so-called Tuhao club that bought success. Similar to the business philosophy of its parent firm, Henan Jianye always looked modest but stable. 
This explains why, like many of its more successful rivals, it rarely ran into financial trouble over the past three decades. Henan Jianye and its founder Hu Baosun, who grew his property empire by focusing on his native Henan province, is said to have burnt through more than 5 billion RMB in spending on the club as part of his commitment to investing in Henan. How could there be no representative from we Henanese in the most popular sport? Hu once explained to Chinese media on the rationale for continuing to invest in football for more than two decades. In a video clip widely shared by fans last year, Hu made known his feelings about the CFA's drastic reforms. The CFA has announced such rules. You have raised the club for so many years. Make no mistake you need to keep raising it, although the club can no longer bear your name, Hu said stoically. Henan Jianye was eventually allowed a partial compromise. It kept half of its name, the non-commercial Henan bit. But the remainder now references two famous tourist attractions. Songshan is where the Shaolin Temple is based, that are overseen by its SOE shareholders, which claimed in a recent statement that the club is the first Chinese football franchise to complete a mixed ownership reform. The extent of that mixed ownership could be the subject of debate, however. There is no public information on the club's new shareholding structure. Reports from Chinese sports media last week revealed that Hu is prepared to sell his remaining stake in the club to the SOE shareholders after a state-led bailout of his real estate firm, that is, the football team's parent. How about Henan Jianye, the property firm? Unlike football fans, shareholders of Henan Jianye are likely to have cheered when the partial nationalisation of the property group was announced last week. Since the Chinese government unveiled the so-called Three Red Lines policy in late 2020, which prevents highly leveraged property firms from raising more debt, the group's Hong Kong-listed flagship, Central China, has dropped more than 80% in market value. All private sector firms in the property market have since suffered from a liquidity crunch while being hit by a double whammy. A constriction in home buying demand triggered by the COVID-19 pandemic, plus subsequent waves of city lockdowns. The Henan-focused firm then experienced a rare triple whammy when in 2021 the inland province suffered the worst flood in recent memory. Last September, a letter from Hu to the Henan provincial government began making the rounds on social media, in which the property tycoon confessed that his group had suffered economic losses to the tune of 5 billion RMB in a year as he issued a plea for help. Something very similar happened a year earlier to China Evergrande, which was more famously founded in Guangdong by Xu Jiayin, another Henan native. A petition from the company to the Guangdong government somehow got into the public domain via social media, revealing that the world's most indebted developer was also desperately soliciting state support, warning darkly that its own cash crisis would unleash systemic risks in the financial sector. While Evergrande's debt crisis has worsened and a state-led task force has been sent to the company to oversee an imminent restructuring, the Henan government has just come to Hu and Jianye's rescue. On the 1st of June, his listed vehicle, Central China, announced in a stock exchange circular that it will raise about 688 million Hong Kong dollars by selling 29% of its enlarged capital to Henan Railway Construction and Investment Group, HRCI a company wholly owned by the government of its home province. The share price of central China rebounded strongly as the deal has valued the stock at a 23% premium to its last trading price before the good news was made public. 
Moreover, HRCI will invest another 708 million Hong Kong dollars by buying convertible notes issued by central China with a coupon rate of 5%, equating to a 9% yield if held to maturity and fully repaid. However, if fully converted to shares, the Henan government will add a 16% stake in the Hong Kong-listed firm, which means the provincial authorities could end up being its biggest shareholder, with more than 40%. Prior to the bailout, central China's bonds were downgraded by foreign credit rating agencies to junk levels. After bringing on HRCI as a strategic investor, the group's creditworthiness has now effectively been backstopped by the Henan government, CBN newspaper suggested. This puts the private sector firm in blue-chip territory in the domestic capital market. The terms set out by HRCI are not especially harsh. A 5% coupon rate is a borrowing cost that bond investors expect from a AAA property blue-chip. Nor is the rescue just cherry-picking some of Jian Ye's best assets and forcing it to sell others at distressed values. HRCI is not taking control of the firm outright, either. The Henan government is effectively helping Hu to buy time for his firm while waiting for a turnaround in home buying demand and a possible relaxation in property market regulations. If these eventualities occur, Jian Ye's local government will enjoy a handsome capital gain. If not, it can still take control of the province's biggest developer at a reasonable price. In fact, the Henan government had earlier offered strong support for the property group. Besides taking a stake in its CSL franchise, the two provincial SOEs have invested an undisclosed amount to take a majority stake in two cultural tourism real estate projects in the Jianye portfolio, including a movie town co-developed with the financially troubled Huayi brothers. This move was to prevent the massive developments from turning into ugly, rotten-tail properties, Chinese media noted. Will other local governments offer similar rescues? Nationalisation, or Dying Red, as Le Du Finance, a property market-focused magazine has put it, Nationalisation, or Dying Red, as Le Du Finance, a property market-focused magazine has put it, is often an option for tycoons like Hu and Shu when they run into difficulties. Vanka, one of China's biggest home builders, brought in a railway SOE controlled by the Shenzhen government as a major shareholder to fend off an unsolicited takeover attempt by Evergrande in 2015. In the same year, the financially distressed Green Town China, which previously owned a CSL Team 2, also switched to mixed ownership mode by selling a large chunk of its shares to China Communication Construction, another SOE. The Zhuhai government, meanwhile, invested at least 3 billion RMB last year for a stake in Wanda's property management unit, which is reportedly seeking a Hong Kong listing that could value the company at more than 100 billion RMB. The trend has gathered pace going into 2022. In March, China Fortuneland, another erstwhile CSL club sponsor, successfully restructured half its debts with the assistance of SOEs from the Jingjianji area, that is, Beijing, Tianjin and Hebei. A month later, Kaisa, which sits on a valuable land bank in Shenzhen, signed a strategic cooperation agreement with China Merchants, an SOE with immense influence in Shenzhen, to co-develop a number of urban renewal projects. The most-watched developer, Evergrande, has set up a risk management committee with representatives from several SOEs, including the Guangzhou government's property unit, Yue Xiu. However, Creditors are still waiting for how things will turn out, 
in what promises to be a gargantuan state-led restructuring. The situation in Henan has prompted Chinese media outlets to compare Evergrande and Jianye and ponder whether investors should also expect a similar rescue act at Evergrande. The problem is that the two situations are not comparable. The sheer size of Evergrande's debt, which is believed to be at least 10 times that of Jianye, could turn out to be too large even for the vast Guangdong government to handle. Another difference, Le Ju Finance pointed out, is that Hu and Jianye have been focusing on Henan for more than two decades, while contributing to the Midwestern province's economic growth. The group was still the third biggest taxpayer in Henan last year. Hu also resisted the temptation to expand nationwide, like many other developers. Indeed, the group is so deeply invested in Henan, it has projects in all of the 122 cities or counties in its home province. Even during the worst days of its cash crunch, Jianye was the first to make a sizable donation to relief efforts amid the 2021 flood too. Jianye is a flag of Henan. When old Hu of Henan is in trouble, the local government won't stand idly by and let him drown, Leju Finance said. Evergrande seems to be an entirely different proposition. The company started out as Guangzhou Evergrande, but it has since built up the biggest national land reserve of all property firms. With less loyalty than its home city, it switched its new headquarters to Shenzhen and dropped Guangzhou from its name to rebrand as China Evergrande. Back to the CSL. Jianye's Hu and Wanda's Wang are good friends. In April, Wang even lent a helping hand to Hu and signed off on a cash-generative 700 million RMB deal for the right to manage Jianye's commercial properties for 10 years, reported Jiemian, a news portal. Wan Da was the first property heavyweight to go into deleveraging mode following a regulatory crackdown on overseas investment in 2017. It has since sold off an enormous commercial property portfolio and focused on property management, the most high-growth segment of the real estate industry. As such, Wang is now widely dubbed the happiest property boss in China. His friend Hu now has the luxury of a little more time to recover. Perhaps illustrating the group's renewed vigour after its partial nationalisation, Henan Songshan Longmen thrashed reigning champions Shandong Taishan 4-1 on Wednesday.